Hey, this is Mark with A Present Word, where scripture is shared with insightful and practical applications for you today. starting in Revelation chapter 3, verse 7. Philadelphia write, These things says he who is holy, he who is true, he who has the keys of David, he who opens and no one shuts, and shuts and no one opens. I know your works. See, I have set before you an open door, and no one can shut it, for you have a little strength, you have kept my word, and have not denied my name. Indeed, I will make those of the synagogue of Satan who say they are Jews and are not, but lie. Indeed, I will make them come and worship before your feet. Verse 10, because you have kept my commandment to persevere, I also will keep you from the hour of trial, which shall come upon the whole world, to test those who dwell on the earth. Behold, I am coming quickly. Hold fast what you have, that no one may take your crown. He who overcomes, I will make him a pillar in the temple of my God. He shall go out no more. I will write on him the name of my God and the name of the city of my God, the new Jerusalem, which comes down out of heaven from my God. And I will write on him my new name. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. So this is the faithful church, and they have an open door. Verse 14, Laodiceans write, These things says the Amen, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of creation of God. I know your works, that you are neither cold nor hot. I wish you were cold or hot. So that because you are lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will vomit you out of my mouth. Because you say, I am rich and have become wealthy and have need of nothing, and do not know that you are wretched, miserable, poor, blind, and naked. I counsel you to buy for me gold refined in the fire, that you may be rich, and white garments, that you may be clothed, and that the shame of your nakedness may not be revealed. And anoint your eyes with eye salve, that you may see. As many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. Therefore be zealous and repent. Behold, I stand at the door and knock, if anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and dine with him, and he with me. To him who overcomes, I will grant to sit with me on my throne, as I also overcame and sat down with my father on his throne. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Out of all of these seven churches, they all have a problem, really except one, the faithful church. Philadelphia, what's really, what's the main thing that they have going on? They have an open door. And the Laodiceans, it says he stands at the door and knocks. He's outside knocking. So that door is closed. Now, Philadelphia, they have a little strength. They've kept my word. They have not denied my name. And he goes on to tell them all the wonderful things that are going to happen, how he's going to make people bow down and acknowledge the fact that the Lord's love them, and just wonderful things, a really nice message. It's the kind of message that we all want to hear from the Lord. Lord, thank you for the open door. Those who have misunderstood me, they're going to see that you do love me and that I love you, and that although they still have to watch for their crown and they still have to have an overcoming uh, determination— good things for this church. With Laodiceans, they're saying, I'm rich, 
I'm wealthy. I have need of nothing. What is it they don't know? They don't know their true condition. They don't know where they are. They think they think they're rich. They think they're wealthy, and they think they have need of nothing. So there must have been something going on in that community or in that church where they could say, because the Lord says, this is what you're saying. You're saying, I'm rich, I'm wealthy. I really have need of nothing. He says, but you don't know your true condition. You're wretched. You're really wretched, miserable, poor, blind, and naked. And then at the end, he said, you need counseling. You need counseling. And I, I... I really encourage you to buy from me. And then he lists what they really should put on their shopping list. Very different message than what Philadelphia gets. Jesus knows his audience when he was sending the message to the individual churches. Could you imagine if the courier brought the wrong message to the wrong church? The Lord knows his audience. He knows our true condition. This is what I'm saying. He knows who we are. He knows where we're at, and he knows that there are these seven spiritual conditions that are going on. I'm not trying to limit it to seven, but today we need to hear the right message, and you can go to a place and somebody will give you a message, but that message may not be for you. It may not really be where you're at. It may not be a message that's going to help you. Because a prosperity message is not going to help the Church of Laodicea. What the Lord's trying to point out, you don't really know what your true condition is. You meet people and they tell you where they are, but it becomes very apparent quickly that although they think they're that, and they think this is where they are, and this is what they should be doing, if you have any discernment or spiritual maturity, you'll recognize that I don't think they really understand their true condition. I don't think they really know themselves as well as they should. And this is the point that I'm trying to make, that the Lord does not come to us and tell us what we want to hear. He comes and he tells us what we need to hear. I think that a lot of these churches were like, what? You know, Ephesus, when you read the letters that Paul wrote to Ephesus, it's the mature church. And I think when they got the letter, they were like, Let's see what the Lord has to say. Smyrna, the persecuted church, they were probably relieved that the Lord saw their plight and what they were going through. But the compromising church, the corrupt church, the dead church, the lukewarm church, even the faithful church might have felt unfaithful. They might have said, you know, we're, we're not doing what we should for God. So that was a reaffirming to them. He was letting them know. He was confirming. He's saying, I don't know how you feel about yourself or what you're doing, but This is how I see you. These are really loving letters to the churches, giving them praise and empathy and a lot of encouragement. But the one thing I know about the Lord is that when I ask him what's going on in my life, and I say, Lord, where am I? He doesn't tell me what I want to hear. Now, I can find a messenger. I can find a prophet. I can find a ministry that will tell me where I want to be, that will tell me what I want. I can find that if I want to. We want to hear from others that that we can find somebody that will resonate that message back to us. We live in a day, that's why it says, you will heap unto yourselves teachers for itching ears. The itching ears are the fact that I need need to hear this to validate my self-worth and my value and what I want to be to, to the Lord. But when the Lord comes to us, He always comes to us in truth. 
He's the way, truth, and he's the life. He comes to us in truth. So when we look at these churches and we see when they when they receive these letters, it wasn't a good day other than Philadelphia and Smyrna. Is this really the Lord? John, I don't think this is the Lord. Matthew 18, surely I say to you, unless you are converted to become like little children, you'll by no means enter the kingdom of heaven. The primary root cause for us thinking we're in a place that we're not is really pride. You know, that's the underlying root system of it. There's there's a lot of things that are going on, but I just want to address the root cause. It is our pride. All right, so we have to become like children. Of course, children look to the Lord, and you can tell a child what's going on. They're not offended. They're easily led. You can tell them, this is where we are. This is where we're going. And if they go, or they may say, where are we going? You just say, follow me. And they're like, okay, they'll just follow you. Jesus is knocking on the Laodicean door. And what he's saying, I want to come into you. He actually says that in in the letter. I am the way. I'm your map. I'm your GPS. I will tell you where you currently are on your journey, not where you think you are. There's a lot of believers that they think they're at this location, and that's really not where they are. So we have to say to ourselves, well, do you want to know where you are? Are you interested in where you are? Some people aren't. Some people say, I want to be where I'm just going to make up where I want to be. You know, some people think spirit, their spiritual maturity level is, let's say, hypothetically 30 or 40 years old. We know that biologically, when we're born, we grow and we go through what we call an age. What age are you? Spiritually, the maturing stage is different. But as an example, if you're 15 or 16 and you think you're older, it doesn't make you older. Your persona and you're going into places that may not be appropriate for you. And you're putting yourself into situations that could be harmful because of your age. You really don't have the experience. The Lord wants to come and tell us exactly where we are. Psalm 32, 8 says, I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will guide you with my eye. So if we think this is where I think I want to be, it doesn't mean we're there. Galatians 6.3 says, if anyone thinks himself to be something when he is nothing, he deceives himself. That is a form of deception. And the enemy loves that. He wants us to function out of a false place, out of a false realm, out of a, out of a faith that we believe is the faith uh, of Christ, the faith of the kingdom of heaven. But it's not the real faith. James 4 says, Where do wars and fights come from among you? Do not do they not come from your desires for pleasure that war within you? You lust and you do not have, you murder and covet, and you cannot obtain. You fight, you war, yet you do not have because you do not ask. You ask and you do not receive because you ask amiss. You're asking that you may spend it on yourself. Where envy and self-seeking exist, confusion and every evil thing are there. So what happens is, if we think this is where I am, if you open a map and, and I was to say, well, where are you? And you say, I'm here. That's where I'm at. But in reality, you're very far away from where you think you are. The question is, how, how did you get there? See, the Lord doesn't have to say, where are you? He knows where we are. The Lord's saying... Look, I need to come in because you need some counseling 
because you think you're something that you're not. You think that you have no lack, you have no need. I'm rich. The true reality is it's very, very different. Why is this important? It's important because we are moving in to a season, at least in this country, if not on the globe, that you have got to be in the right place. You've got to know where you are and you've got to be there with the Lord. You want something and you go after it. You're envious for it. You're self-seeking. And when you do that, it brings on confusion. Our spirit man is always on guard and he's tuned into heaven so that we know where we are with the Lord. He's our GPS. He's our map. He's our guide. He's leading us. But if pride comes in, we get confused and things can break into our communication system and we start having conversations that we shouldn't be having with other people, with ourselves. Pride comes before destruction and an arrogant spirit before the fall. And you can say, well, you know, we always think of like the fall, like, you know, what is that? I think a part of a fall is the fact that you're in a false place, that you think, you may, you know, you may say, I'm in the best place of my life. You may be, and hopefully you are. But the only way you'll know that is not because the prophet tells you or the pastor tells you, it's because you've confirmed that in your inner spirit with the Lord, in your prayer time, with the Word of God, or others that only have God's will and purpose for your life. They're not there for any other reason. Like, you can't ask an employer. You can't ask somebody that may have financial uh, benefits from your life. You can't go to those kind of sources. It's not that they are evil, but they're, they're not trustworthy. You know, it's like, I would go to my wife and, you know, and say, this is where I think I'm at. I know that she loves me, and she's only going to give me godly advice, parents and stuff like that. But some parents, they're not good parents. Lord, where am I? How am I doing? What's going on? Am I missing anything? Am I off course? Because sometimes if it gets quiet, I don't want to walk away you know, from your presence. I don't want to grieve your presence. I'm always checking. You know, the Holy Spirit is not a chatterbox. A lot of people talk like he's But I can just tell you that the Spirit only speaks what He hears, and Father's watching, and He's looking for our heart, and we say, Father, where am I? And He looks, and He's like, all right, they really mean it. Isaiah 58, 10 through 11 said, If you extend your soul to the hungry and satisfy the afflicted soul, then your light shall shine in the darkness, and your darkness shall be as noonday, and the Lord will guide you continually." This is a path, this is a course that's not self-seeking. This is a course that you're actually extending your soul to the interest of the Lord. Remember the Lord said, well, when I was hungry, when I was thirsty, when I was in prison, and they said, when did we do that? He said, ah, when you did it to the least of these, you were really doing it to me. Well, where were you? I was there. See, he's in the body. When you look at the churches, particularly Laodicea, I mean, they they had no idea where they were. They literally had no idea. But the Lord said, if you will afflict your soul, then your light will shine. Why do we need the light? The Lord's walking. Where is he walking? He's walking in the midst of his candlesticks. We're the light of the world. We should not be walking in darkness. He said, I'm the light of the world. You know, Walk as sons of light. Follow me. I'm the light. You shouldn't walk in darkness. Our own path and our own direction, we go into darkness. And yeah, we can light our own little fires and get our own little spiritual sparklers and think that, you know, we're doing fine. And people do that. 
The Lord will guide you continually. John 16, 13. However, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. Apart from the Holy Spirit guiding us, we don't have the capacity. It's not in us to know how to where to go. And see, there's a way that seemeth right unto a man, but it's wrong. Corinthians chapter 10, moreover, brethren, I do not want you to be unaware that all our fathers, and emphasize all, all our fathers were under the cloud, all passed through the sea, all were baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea, all ate the same spiritual food, all drank the same spiritual drink, and they drank of that spiritual rock that followed them, and that rock was Christ. But with most of them, God was not well pleased, for their bodies were scattered in the wilderness. Verse 6. Now these things are our examples to the intent that we should not lust after evil things as they lusted, and, and that you do not become idolaters as some of them, as it is written. The people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to play nor let us commit sexual immorality, if some of them did, and in one day 23,000 fell. Nor let us tempt Christ, as some of them tempted and were destroyed by serpents. Nor complain, as some of them also complained and were destroyed by the destroyer. Now all these things happened to them as examples, and they were written for our admonition upon whom the ends of the ages have come. Therefore, let him who thinks he stands take heed lest he fall. So we, we examine our life, you know, before the Lord. What I'm saying is they were there, the Lord was there, they had the cloud by day, and they had the pillar at night. What's the problem? Why, you know, why couldn't they get it done? It's the same reason why we can't seem to get it done, because we're going our own way. Pride rises up. I'm not going to do this. Who does Moses think he is? All this, you know, it's like God loves all the people. All the people are prophets. All this, you know, we're just going to do our own thing. And they wander off. And the caution that I have today to the body of Christ is this. If you find yourself in the days to come and you think you're at location X, but you're really a thousand miles from there, you may not make it because you are so far out into the things that you're doing that for the Lord to come and tell you your true condition, the humility that is required to accept that is, is very, very staggering. You know, I, I put a message out recently called The Soul Man and how the soul man is convinced that he's led of the Spirit of God. And for him to rectify or reconcile that, he has to humble himself before the Lord and then say, wow, actually, I'm really following my own spirit or other spirits that have broken in. I'm not really following the spirit of Christ. And in essence, there's some similarities to this message because how do these churches do? We, we look back now and none of these churches exist. How did they relate? When they got these letters and the Lord told them their true condition, he says, look, I've got some things against you. You have people teaching, false teaching, Balaam. You've got Jezebel in there. You know, you're dead. You, you say, you know, we're alive. No, you're really dead. Well, we're rich. We're increased. We have need of nothing. No, you're not. 
we look at that church and we say, oh, well, you know, well, that's two, uh, 2,000 years ago. What does that have to do with me? It's got everything to do with us. That's why it's written to us. Maybe some of them knew what was going on or they had a suspicion, but I think they were all shocked when they got these letters, particularly Laodicea. There were some in the church that probably said, I don't believe it. It can't be true. All of this is, is from God. God's blessing us and he's giving us all of this wealth. But he said, it's not from me because he doesn't give us things that destroy us. He says, you're naked. I, you know, I want to come. Let me in. I'm knocking on the door. I, I've got, you, you need, you don't know where you are. I need to counsel you and, and tell you, you got to get to a, to a, to a place to be safe. They need, they need to find safe harbor before the storm comes in. They're out there, and they, they're not where the Lord is. He's the strong tower. He's the safe harbor. He's the place that we need to be. If you're wise, you will humble yourself and ask the Lord. Romans chapter 12, verse 3, For I say, through the grace given to me to everyone who is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, as God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. Many people are drunk on their own self-importance and opinions. Laodicea was drunk with how great they were. We've got it made. We have no lack. We have no need. And then there's a knock at the door, and they hand them a letter and say, this is from the Lord. They're like, this is, you know, you're, if, you, if you're not prepared, you're not going to be able to make the correction, course correction. Did they make the course correction? We don't know. It doesn't say. Second Corinthians says, we walk by faith, not by sight. So what do we walk by? We walk by the Spirit, and the Spirit will lead us, the Holy Spirit will lead us if we become like children, where we're, say, you know, we take the Lord by the hand. Have faith in God and God's direction for your life and trust Him. I hope this message was helpful to you today. If you'd like to be notified of future podcasts, click the follow button. If you're on Google, click subscribe. This is a free podcast. We are a listener-supported ministry. If you would like to donate, click the PayPal link of this podcast. If you're on our website, click the heart button on the upper right corner. If you don't have a PayPal account, you can still use this link to give using your credit or debit card. To contact me, my email is apresentword.com at gmail.com. Thank you for listening. God bless you.